Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Oh Brother, Your Favorite Big Brother podcast. We have another special episode for you featuring Big Brother 21's Cliff Hogg. I talked to Cliff about how his life has changed since Big Brother, his craziest experience as a petroleum engineer, which you won't want to miss, and the origin story of SKD 143. So be sure to keep listening, and I hope you enjoy. All right, guys, I am here with the one and only Cliff Hogg from Big Brother 21. Cliff, how's it going? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Oh, it's doing all right. Uh, enjoying the holidays, and, and I'm ready for 2021 to get here. Oh, my gosh. I feel you on that one. Um, if you are listening to this right now, I'm sure you already know him, but in case you're new here, Cliff placed fourth on season 21 of Big Brother and was in the running for fan favorite his season. Cliff, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Anytime, anytime. Um, Before we dive into some fun Big Brother stuff, I have two questions that I like to ask all of my guests, just kind of to get us started, a little icebreaker type deal. Are you ready? Bring it on. Absolutely. Okay. The first one is really hard hitting stuff here. If given the option, would you clone yourself and why or why not? Oh, I don't know if my wife could handle two of me. (laughs) I I think I'm going to have to just say break the mold and, uh, uh, and, and deal with, with just one cliff hog at a time. So now my answer is no. That's so funny um, because Nicole said the same thing when I asked her that question and I was surprised. I was like, I would want another one of me, like make that, make that one do all my dirty work and then I get to have all the fun. That's true. But then there'd be some Cliff Hogg out there that's having to do nothing but work and not having any fun. So that's true. This is I'd, true. I'd hate to, I'd hate to do that to someone, whether it was myself or someone else anyway. See, you're too nice. You're too nice. I'm like, do all my dirty work. I just want to have fun. Uh, my second question is, if animals could talk, which do you think would be the rudest? Oh, well, the rudest one. I, I think cats probably would, would have a lot of things to say about our ability to uh, wanting to train them and making them stay outside and all things like that. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, they'd, be, they'd be the rudest, but I got to say dogs maybe would be the smart Alex. I have a feeling they'd be the sarcastic ones that would be... Uh, have all kinds of things to say. I could see that. I could see that. I think cats, as much as I love them, are definitely on the bitchy side. So <laughs> I could see them having, uh, you know, some not nice things to say about us. Of course, people change out their litter boxes. They better be kind of kind of sweet to us since we do take care of that for them. That's true. That's very true. So when I mentioned to my roommate who also watches Big Brother, Um, that you were going to be coming on the show. She said, you have to ask him if he realizes he literally had Big Brother fans walking around their houses saying, SKD 143. (laughs) Yeah, that is so funny. I had no clue when I said that. uh, The first time I actually got to vote uh, for an eviction, I forgot to do a shout out or anything. And I said, oh man, I should have said something to my wife and kids. But then the next time I just uh, said that because I wanted to say something short and sweet. And the 143, if you're not familiar, is stands for I love you. It's yep. uh, Mr. Rogers used that old beepers. That was a short code for when people had beepers way back in the day. Uh, but actually, while I was packing uh, my suitcase to come to L.A. and do Big Brother, 
uh, we had the TV on, we were watching a documentary on Mr. Rogers. And so that was one of the last things I watched before I flew to LA. And so it just had stuck with me. Yeah, uh, fresh in your mind. That 143. And so I used it one time and I thought, well, that, that sounds all right. So I just started using it all the time because I knew my, my wife and kids would know exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, the rhyme works so well too that I think it just, it's stuck <laughs> in people's heads after the show. It's funny because, of course, when you're inside the house, you don't know what people are responding to and what just, you know, the, the editors never use. And so when I got out, I didn't have a clue until I had a couple of people uh, while I was still in LA that just hollered across the street at me, SKD one <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that worked all right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so before your time on the show, you were a petroleum engineer, correct? Yep, that's correct. Yep. And you've traveled a lot. You've had a lot of unique experiences. And I remember you talking in the house um, about like having to hide under a bulletproof blanket <laughs> or something like that. So I was just curious if there was like one memory that sticks out as like your craziest experience on the job. Uh, probably the craziest flying from uh, uh, Maracaibo, Venezuela back to uh, Caracas. And normally you fly along the coastline, no big deal. But in this particular situation, they canceled my flight. They said, oh, we'll, we'll send you on this roundabout route to another city, but we'll get you there before the end of the night. And as it turns out, we were flying over the Andes Mountains. And just as we take off, I'm in the very back row, uh, a woman comes over and she is terrified. She's saying, we're too low, we're gonna crash, we're gonna crash. Can you look out the window and tell me what you see? And I thought, oh, she's having a panic attack. So I looked outside, I, all I could see were clouds. So I couldn't tell how high we were. I said, no, I, I can't see, but I'll certainly let you know. And so she sat down in the empty seat next to me and I could hear say, Ay, you de mi Dios, Dios, praying the whole time and her knuckles were white as she's gripping the seat. And as I started, continue to look at her, I realized that she was one of the flight attendants. And oh my so, gosh. So uh, I got a little more nervous when I realized the yeah. flight was telling me we're going to crash. If she's scared, then you're like, maybe I should be a little more scared. Yeah, and she'd taken off her kind of outer vest that, that's, uh, that makes them noticeable as flight attendants. And so I thought, oh my gosh. So I spent the next 15 minutes thinking, all right, here's the Andes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of a big guy. If we crash, you're probably going to eat me first. Uh, but <laughs> uh, finally, we broke through the clouds. We were just fine. I showed her, and she was very grateful. And at that point, she tells me how much she hates flying. And so I told her, I said, well, what are you doing for, as a flight attendant if you hate flying? She said, oh, it's a great way to learn English because uh, I talk to people like you. And so, uh, yeah, that was, that, was one of the more that was one of the times where I was a little bit fearful of my life for a little while. And uh, doing a little bit of planning and, and thinking ahead. So, you know, after things like that, get into the Big Brother house, as stressful as that is, you can't really phase me too much in there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you had so much crazy experience prior to, I think these people were like a cakewalk. Yeah, uh, for the most part. But I got to say, it still got a little stressful in there, 24-7 for three months straight. Uh, it, it certainly does wear on you where you're in the house knowing that everyone's conspiring against you, plotting against you, and, and there's no turning off. You've got to be paying attention and on 24-7 while you're in there. Yeah, high stress. Yeah. So for lack of a better term, you were the quote-unquote old guy on your season. And for the record, I don't think you're old at all, but we all know how Big Brother works. Yeah. There's a house full of 20-somethings, and then they usually throw one older person in the mix yeah. and typically the older players go out early oftentimes first um but not you so i was curious what you think you did right to stay in the game for so long because i mean fourth place is awesome 
Yeah, well, they certainly tried. I mean, yeah, I was banished on day number one. So I knew I, I knew going in that I was going to be a target. But I had told people during the audition process that recognizing that I'm going to have to be a little more aggressive, maybe take some chances that otherwise most people in that house wouldn't have to take. And that's one of the reasons I volunteered for, for camp director in the first place was because I felt like I needed power early. But I think one of the things that probably happened was as soon as I got back inside the house after being banished, I immediately went to uh, Jackson Mickey uh, and said, Mickey, look, everyone's going to expect me to be upset with you because you just banished me. But the reality is I I'm fine working with you. And, and if we keep it on a down low, you know, let me just be a, a person that no one knows that I'm supporting you and you're supporting me. And uh, let, let me just work with you. Uh, mm -hmm. I I'm not, not going to hold this against you. We just met each other. I understand why you did. No big deal. And he said, yeah, sure, let's see what we can do. And I think doing some things like that uh, helped, uh, helped my situation of, of I, I had told people coming in uh, that I've got to make sure in those early weeks that there is a bigger target than myself. Uh, right. that, that they're so easier to get out the door. And, and so talking to, to Mickey and uh, Tommy and you know, trying to, to let people not see me as a huge threat and maybe someone that was was friendly enough and still willing to work with them and so that was my strategy for the first half of the game was was just to try to appear as non-threatening as possible so they'd go after other people and it worked well for you i mean yeah well i, I guess so but you know, i was banished the first day i was evicted blindside evicted on day 30 i got fought my way back in so uh, they tried a couple of times, but I wasn't going to make it easy for them. But uh, no, I, I had also told some people that I knew going in, I wasn't going to be the competition beast. I just, uh, I can't do that. But I, I felt like my social game, even though I was older, uh, that I could felt like I could kind of play a little bit of a dad, goofy dad role type thing while, while still getting along with everyone. And if I could survive for the first couple of weeks that at that point, hopefully I would have enough uh, relationships with people that they wouldn't be in a huge hurry to send me out the door. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was all about the social game. While I was in there and just trying to work some relationships and, and not get anyone too upset with me while still figuring out ways to exploit some, some divisions and, and some, some uncertainties between different people. And so I did some of that as well. Do you think that your game would have been any different if you played in your twenties? Oh yeah. Yeah. It would have been, yeah, it would have been a lot different. I worked in the oil field. I was in pretty good shape back in, in my 20s, so I would have relied a little bit more on, on that side of the game. Uh, I think, I don't know, I just uh, with age comes a little bit of experience and, and mm -mm. patience and everything else. And, and so I was very much willing to sit back and, uh, and I told, I know, told Tommy and a few other people that, look, I know y'all have got this big alliance, but I'm not going after y'all. Y'all are going to break apart on your own, I know, eventually. I'm just here to pick up the pieces once it happens. And so uh, I, I was willing to be very patient in that house and wait. If I'd played as a younger Cliff Hogg, I, I may not have been that patient. I may have, especially if I was potentially evicted early in the game the first week or two, I probably would have tried to come back with a vengeance and, and gone after some people and taken it a little more personal and all that. So yeah, it definitely would have been a different game for me. Yeah. Plus just, just relating to the people uh, because they're all in their, all in their twenties and, and I'm in my fifties. I just had to, uh, to work with them and deal with them in a little bit different situation. If I'd been in my twenties, I would have laid low, tried to stay off the radar for the whole first half of the game. Uh, but I couldn't do that as a 50, 53 year old in there. Gotcha. I think a lot of people 
when they think of Big Brother 21, they think that Nicole should have won. And sometimes they attribute you as the reason why she didn't. On the other hand, I tend to agree with the people that think Nicole never would have made it to final three without you. Um, so how do you react when you see things like that on social media or just like floating out out there in the big brother universe? Yeah, you know, I, hindsight's twenty twenty, And uh, I, I will say, I think Nicole and I worked well together. I think that it benefited both of us to be working with each other. We, neither one of us maybe would have made it as far as we did without uh, some support back and forth. I, uh, I know, especially uh, in the beginning part of the season, uh, I, I think, uh, I know, I, I just think we worked well together. Yeah. Toward, towards the end, um, I, I, I still maintain, and I've heard people say that before, but I maintain that uh, Mickey or, or Tommy, either one would have beat Nicole or myself. Uh, if it came, if we were in a final three, if either Nicole or myself was in a final three with either one of them, uh, we, we could have finished second, maybe third, but, but they would have gotten the jury vote. And, and I absolutely stand by that. So I, I think our best chance of, of actually winning, uh, was going to be, and I know it's controversial. It's always been, I've been asking mm -hmm. it a lot about this, this choosing Holly over, over Tommy, but, uh, I, I viewed Tommy as a much stronger player, uh, yep contestant, competitions, jury votes, everything. Nothing against Holly, but uh, I think people were much more willing to give Tommy a lot of credit. And, and I think if he'd ever made it to jury, we didn't have to stand a chance. So really for Nicole and I, it, it was we knew it was taking a chance, keeping a, a romance, a showmance in, together. Uh, but uh, we thought that gave us the one chance to then potentially get Mickey out and, and have a final three with Holly, Nicole, and myself, which we felt gave us the best chance probably to, for one of us to, to win that thing uh, as opposed to, you know, if we'd gone the other way, if we kept Tommy and sent out Holly, uh, I, I think there's a almost certain chance I still go home at fourth. Uh, Nicole maybe goes from third to second, but, but I think she loses the jury vote to either one of those two. So it, it was all about taking some risk at that spot in the game to give us a better chance uh, of winning a jury vote if one of us could get there. And it just didn't work out, but we came close. Yeah, Nicole was only a minute and a half in that veto competition from beating Mickey. And, and if, she had done, right. if she had done that, then we could have sent Mickey out the door and it would have been Holly and Nicole and myself. And, and I like our chances at that point in the game. But sometimes you, you roll a dice and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Oh, that was a fun week to be a Big Brother viewer. There were so many people debating on what, what should be done, who should stay, who should go. Um, so it was fun to watch. Oh, and... and and it was not so much fun in there because <laughs> I've had people saying, why in the world did you do that? And, and I've told a lot of people say, it was never certain. We, we waffled back and forth. And right. I mean, nothing uh, is, I feel like in the big, Oh yeah. Game. And, and the one thing we had said, and I told Nicole as well, we had agreed, however we vote on that decision, we're going to do it together. We're, we're not going to let them break us up and create a division with us. And, uh, and you know, we, we wanted to work to the very end and, you know, I, I maybe, I, I, maybe I, I screwed up even probably, I guess, telling Mickey that, you know, it, look, I, I'm not going to lie to you. If it comes down to it, I'm going to take Nicole over you. I just can't break my, my bonds with her and all of that, which mm -hmm. looking back was probably too honest and, and not something I should have necessarily brought up at the, at the time. But yeah, you know, Nicole and I worked from, from start to finish. And, and the last thing I was ever going to do was, was create any issues. And uh, everything we did was trying to get us to that very end spot. So Right, exactly. You guys were ride or dies, and you're not going to just yeah. 
toss her to the side. Yeah, I, I could never do that. I, I would never be able to live with myself if I did that. So yeah, the whole idea was just trying to get us to the end and yeah, it just didn't quite work out, but we came close. Very close. So I'm going to name a little, a little rapid fire. I'm going to name each of your fellow house guests from your season. And I want you to give me one word or phrase that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Ready? Tommy. <laughs> uh, uh, fun. Nick. Uh, friendly to all. I guess that's more. Than <laughs> Bella. Uh, sneaky. Mickey. Plotting. Cat. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Holly. Uh, under, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Holly. Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, strategic. Christy. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't want to use the same word again. Uh, uh, smart. David. Uh, let's see. Uh, David, uh, friendly. Jack. Uh, self-confident. That's a good, that's a good word. Uh, Jess. Uh, Jess, uh, focused. Sam. Uh, loud. Nicole. Uh, uh, oh, how do you describe Nicole in one word? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh amazing. Annalise. Uh, uh, Annalise, uh, underrated. Kemi. Uh, quiet. Ovi. Uh, gregarious. Oh, that's a good one. A good word to end it off with. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah, Ovi. Ovi and I went in. I really went in thinking that Ovi and I were going to, uh, uh, to be able to work together. And it, it just killed me when he went out uh, in that first boat. And I don't think it's anything he did. It just kind of worked out uh, the way it did. But uh, yeah, that was tough. I, and I was so oh, happy Ovi. to Oh, I, I hate it. I was so happy to see him. We had that one little challenge and he came back in and served us cookies and I was just mm, so happy. I forgot oh, about that. Oh, I was so happy to see Ovi. I just want, he wasn't allowed to talk to us, but I wanted to just <laughs> talk to him so much. But no, it was tough. All those pre-jurors, uh, David, uh, you know, he went out early, but I was so happy he got his chance all-stars. And after the season, he and I, we do some runs online together and stuff like that. But Oh, uh, that's cool. Um, how did you feel when you found out that both David and Nicole were going to be on uh, the all-star season. Oh, I was excited. That was great. I, I suspected Nicole was going to be on. She, mm -hmm. Nicole is such a rule follower. I tried every which way <laughs> to find out for certain if she was going to be on the show and she wouldn't tell me But the fact that she wasn't, she wasn't telling me a whole lot one way or the other made me highly suspicious that she probably was going to be on the show. Uh, so, so I pretty much knew that she was going to be on there. Uh, but again, David and I uh, uh, are, are friends on, on uh, some run club apps and things like that. And suddenly he just fell off the radar and he runs all the time. So when I suddenly saw that, that he hadn't run in over a week, mm. I thought, like, all right, something's, something's, up. something's going on here. And so I actually had sent things that I'm guessing that you may be sequestered somewhere and just, you know, you're not going to see this, but just know I'll be cheering for you. So no, I was incredibly happy to see both of them on there. And David kind of got his, his comeback tour and was yeah. there for through jury and yeah you know, he he had a few hiccups here and there trying to figure out the game but yeah he I, I was I was happy I was so happy I was cheering for him I I would have loved to see him even get a little bit further but I'm glad he got his second chance at the game yeah definitely I think a lot of people had mixed reactions when they saw that David was going to be on all-stars but personally I was excited because when he got 
you know, the boot so soon. Yeah. I just felt like, especially because we saw on 21 how he was really reading the game really well. And yeah. then all of a sudden he's gone. I was like, okay, we need we need a a comeback story for David. So even if he's not the the normal definition of an all-star, we're gonna let it slide this time because I want to see what he can do. So and that's what I told people. I said, yeah, no, he's he's not an all-star, but that doesn't mean that I'm upset he's getting back on. I, I'm love, loving that he got the chance. And you're right. I think he read read the house real well on our season. And uh, unfortunately, because he was out so quick and when he came back, he really didn't, he couldn't win HOHs or anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and I told him at the time, I said, you know, I'm, David, I'm sorry. I can't really. It was all about the strategy of you trying to make sure someone else stays a bigger target than you are. And so we never had a chance to, to work together, but uh, he, he was a nice guy. And, and he certainly, after he got out, I, I realized it even more. So yeah, I, I was glad he got his chance. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so my friend Sophia reached out on Twitter and she wants to know, how has life changed for you post Big Brother? And were you a fan of the show before going on? Well, I was a huge fan of the show. I, I watched the first season, but they had kids and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and kind of tailed off a little bit, but I started watching again in season eight. So I saw Evil Dick and, and all Jen and all that from season eight. And I've yeah. been, a, been a really huge fan ever since then. And had wife and I have watched the live feeds for the last uh, four or five seasons, quite, quite a while with that. So uh, yes, uh, the latter part, I was certainly a huge fan. How has life changed for me? You know, I went in saying, well, some of these people come out and they, they go on to social media, they're influencers and things like that. But uh, that's not me. I'll just do this and I'll come back and and go back to kind of regular normal life. And I, I've done that to some extent, but I've got to say the the unexpected benefit from from being on that show is is getting to meet so many other Big Brother fans uh, around the U.S., uh, up in Canada, around the world, really. Mm-hmm. Talk, to, talk to a lot of people. And so I still do uh, some shows. I, I do a show once a week on, on YouTube and I've had, uh, I'd, I've been doing recaps. I did a recap of, of the uh, Big Brother All-Stars and the Amazing Race, and now I'm doing the challenge. I'm doing those all out on my YouTube channel. So, awesome. uh, so I continue to, shoot, before I did this, I, I didn't even have an Instagram account. I think I had eight followers on Twitter, and that was just my family because I was uh-huh. never out there. And, and now after I've gotten out, it's just a whole new world of, of interacting and uh, getting to talk to a lot of people. And I've told a lot of folks, I'm always happy to chat big brother so i get a lot of uh, dms asking me questions about the season and things like that so that's the unexpected benefit is the fact that even though i'm through with the show uh season 21's over i still get to talk to big brother all the time with a whole lot of other passionate fans yeah it's a great community and uh you made great use of your little cliff notes title <laughs> uh from the show as well yet another thing that i had no clue until i got out that that was <laughs> even a thing, but you never know. I was sitting there when you were doing your little cliff notes, like screaming at the TV. I was like, Cliff, they're listening to you. Stop. That that was horrible. And that's, I I guess that's the fan in me because I'd watched the live feeds for enough seasons that I thought, man, I'm inside this house. If I can just sit down and kind of explain what's going in my mind, all those live feeders are going to be able to to understand a little bit more detail about what, what it is to be in this house. So I really was trying to do that for the fans. And obviously when I was up early in the morning, I knew my wife uh, and kids were watching. I knew the cameras would be on me if everyone else was asleep. So it was a way to kind of talk to my wife and kids as well. But yeah, when, uh, uh, <laughs> when Christy overheard me, that, that was not good. It could have been a lot worse. Fortunately, she, this missed, is true. 
she immediately went and spilled the beans to everyone else before she really heard anything that was was too damaging. I mean, it's never great to be overheard, but uh, she told everyone where she, and she lost a lot of leverage as a result. If it hadn't been for that, she probably could have come to me and said, I overheard you. I'm going to say all kinds of things unless you, you work with me or whatever. And Right. Like use it to her advantage a little yeah. more. And in some ways it actually worked to my advantage because after, yeah. she, after she told everyone, uh, it did two things. One, Mickey then came the next morning and he listened to me talking, but he overheard me saying, Holly and Mickey are the people I want to work with. They're the only ones I really trust over there. Mm-hmm. And so it helps solidify some of our partnership, which I think helped me advance through the game. Yeah, this is true. And it was a really great effort on your part. Like I think, like you said, the live feeders, me included, have always said, we need live DRs. Like I need to know what's going on inside their heads because half the time you're seeing things happen, but you don't actually know what these people are thinking. So it was a great effort, (laughs) but I think if I ever get inside the Big Brother house... Uh, I will maybe decide to do that like on the hammock or somewhere where I can see everybody. (laughs) Well, and and I've had people ask that question. How come you didn't just do that out in the hammock where you can't be heard? But a lot of people don't realize we only had the backyard for about two days a week. Oh, that's right. Because the rest of the time they've got it shut down because they're building the sets for the HOH and the veto competition. So really it's only Sunday through maybe Monday or Tuesday that we had access to the backyard. Gotcha. So, and the other thing I've always told people, you don't realize because you don't see the ceilings, the roofs of these different rooms, but there was a huge air conditioning vent above the, the bed or, or in the boat room, which made it, uh, so you couldn't hear anything outside, very little while you're sitting inside. But right, so you had no clue that anyone was out there. Yeah, and what I didn't realize till later is you can still hear people inside. It's kind of one way, but because I couldn't hear anyone outside, I thought it was a little, I was a little quieter on the inside and then, my wife warned me before I went in that I don't have much of a whisper voice, and I certainly, uh-huh. proved, I certainly proved that up. So yeah, I had a little damage control to do early, but I think I did okay handling it as best I could. Yeah, and like you said, it worked to your advantage. Whatever, you gotta be flexible. You've gotta be adaptable, and uh, I've told a lot of people. I I've always said I, I was an imperfect man playing an imperfect game, but I gave it a hundred percent, and. Yeah, that was one of those things I wish I'd done a little differently, but eh, you pivot around it and you make it work. It happens. And like I said, you used the title and now you've got a cool YouTube show that gets to be called Cliff Notes and people recognize it from the show. So win-win. That's right. Yeah, it worked out okay. Would you ever do any other reality shows? Yeah, in a heartbeat. I've, well, really? I'd, have to, I'd have to ask my wife. Hey, uh, you don't do I, I don't do anything uh, without consulting the family and all that. Uh, the two of you can go on Amazing Race together, power couple. That'd be fun. I, I tell you, I'd go to Amazing Race uh, with my wife or either of my two kids and have a lot of fun. But yeah, I uh, just about any uh, any reality show. You're going to see me on on the Top Chef. Uh, there's certainly some <laughs> of the. Uh, you probably won't see me on America's Next Top Model and and some of some of those types. But hey, you no, never know. I, I, <laughs> I've never been one to turn down a challenge, uh, turn down an adventure, and I, I love reality TV. So certainly uh, Survivor, The Amazing Race, uh, some of those shows, I, I'd love somewhere down the road to, to show once again that age doesn't necessarily limit what, what your capabilities are. Uh, and, and so I'd love to give them a shot. Uh, there, there's one or two, like the challenge, you probably won't see me on there. And if you do, it'll only be for a little while before I just keel over from some of those competitions they do. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. Some it's of the tough stuff. stuff. Yeah, for some sure. The stuff they do on that show. Uh, Nicole and I have laughed before saying, which of us would do worse in, in the challenge? <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know either one of us would do fantastic, but for the most part, reality shows, yeah. Any, any of them I'd be willing to, to chase down and try it out. And I'm sure so many people would be excited to watch you again. So hello, if any of these uh, producers or um, casting people are listening, get Cliff on because we want to see him on our TV screens again. Thank you. Hey, I'm, I'm game if producers are game. I'll give it 100%. They know that. And then I just had, had one more question before we wrap up, um, which is a little bit of like my, my own uh, interest. Um, according to your Twitter, you're a Stephen King fan. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I'm actually finally reading it right now. I bit the bullet and said, okay, I'm finally going to read it. Um, but I've read quite a few of his books and I was just curious, do you have a favorite or a few favorites of his that you've read? Yeah, there, there, there've got to be two. The, the first one is The Shining and, and just mm-hmm. a, a very quick background. I read that while I was with my family on a, uh, ranch out in, in far Southwest Texas and being kids that we are, my, my dad had already said, y'all need to be careful because the nearest hospital is three hours away from us. The, oh nearest, town, the nearest town is 45 minutes away from us. Uh, and we just stayed out on this ranch for, for a couple of weeks as kind of a vacation. It was, again, we were the only people within 30 miles of this place. And so in that type of environment, I am reading a book, you know, The Shining, that's all about a family right. that's isolated. So it made me very uh, empathetic, uh, sympathetic to, to everything that went on there. And uh, so, yeah, I, The Shining is just my absolute favorite of all time. But oh then, the, then The Stand has got to be my, my second favorite Stephen King of all. Yeah, and, that one's great. Yeah, you know, part of it may be that the, the hero is, is a guy from a Texan from East Texas named Stu. And I can kind of relate to everything that this hero uh, goes through in, in the book as well. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I've read, I think I've read all the Stephen King books and wow, love them all. A lot. Yeah, that and Tom Clancy are my two, two biggies. So. Mm. And it drove me crazy being in a house for three and a half months and not having anything to read. That I was- know. I was thinking that myself. I was like, if I ever was to step foot in the Big Brother house, I would need to request like all of the religious texts because yeah. I would need something to read. Well, I, I read the Bible while I was in there and I hadn't done that in a while. So, so that was nice. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah. Give me, of course, I don't know, give me a Stephen King novel and then I may have been less focused on the game. So maybe it's just That's as true. Well, but- Maybe just well, they didn't give me anything to entertain me other than talking to the same people over and over and over again. Um, would you have you started? I think it's out now, right? The the stand, the show, like the show that they're releasing. Have you watched yeah, any no, of it yet? No, I haven't. It's on all access CBS. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it, but I, it's Christmas time and uh, right. We've been watching all the Hallmark romance movies instead. So <laughs> same. That's kind of our Christmas tradition. But once Christmas is over, then I'll binge the first few episodes and get caught back up on it. I think I'm probably going to do the same thing. So you'll have to report back and let me know what you think. I'm excited for it. I, I want to cover it in one of my shows, but I'm afraid Ooh. I'll spoil something because I'll just be too excited talking about it. I think you should do it anyways and just put a spoiler alert so that maybe, people Maybe know. I'll put a big old spoiler at the first because, uh, yeah, I love it. I, I've read that book multiple times. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Me too. So last but not least, you kind of talked a little bit about it earlier, but give us a shameless plug. Tell everybody what you're up to and where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, uh, I do a, a Cliff Notes Live every Monday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, and it's on my YouTube channel. I just 
search for Cliff Hogg, you'll find me out there. But uh, uh, I, I do that every Monday night. And I just have a blast interacting with the uh, Big Brother fans. And we have all different kinds of topics. We'll go over everything. Uh, so we do that. And then I also on the YouTube channel and covering, uh, just got through with the Amazing Race and I'm covering the uh, challenge right now. And I try to keep those to just 15 or 20 minutes. I know there's people out there that, that can spend two or three hours talking about a single episode, but I just want to do it quick for someone who's on the way to work, something like that. So uh, I continue to do that. But you can find me on, uh, on YouTube. I'm also on Instagram at cliff.hog, on Twitter at cliff underscore hog. Uh, and I got cameo out there. So anyone who's looking for, for last second, Christmas gift or whatever, Ooh. New Year's celebration, things like that. So, awesome. yeah, for, for a guy who said he didn't know anything about social media, <laughs> thank the Lord for my two kids who, who have been fantastic instructors and, and taught me the ways of, of social media as best they could, as best I could understand it. That's awesome. So make sure you guys all go check out Cliff on all of his platforms. Make sure you check out his YouTube show. Cliff, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, especially on a holiday week. I know we're all busy. Oh, my, my absolute pleasure. I hope everyone has a fantastic holiday. And uh, yeah, I'm, I just, uh, again, I, I love Big Brother. I love talking about it all the time. I'm excited. I'm waiting for Big Brother 23 now to show up. Oh, me too. Well, thank you guys all for listening and have a happy holidays. SKD 143. Cheers, guys. <laughs>